All right, guys, we are back after a little bit of a hiatus. It's been a while since we've done one of these episodes, but we got to keep it rolling. How you guys doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. Working a lot. Yeah, it's starting to pick up. And you guys know me. I do a lot of after hours calls and stuff like that. So it's been wearing on me for sure. Uh, the past couple of weeks, I've had a lot of calls come in around, you know, 5 or 6 p.m. Had me work until like 8 or 9. So I'm praying that kind of slows down while business continues to speed up, maybe just no- during normal hours. But, you know, I'm, I'm kicking along, still enjoying living. Right by the battery, been going to some Braves games, season got started. So, besides that, I'm just chilling out. Matt, what about you? Dude, been good. Uh, Just graduated from college this past weekend with my master's degree, so you now have to refer to to me as Master Howell. Um, (laughs) So, how was your time in Oxford for for graduation? uh, Did you get get a little wild out there? Dude, it was great. Um, You know, Oxford's always always awesome it was so packed though like it's one of those like cities where there's a lot of really cool things to do but there's but there's also only so much room in those places because they're all pretty small so like every restaurant we went to was like a two and a half hour wait so it was like all right uh go ahead and hop in line if you think you're going to be hungry at seven go ahead and hop in line at 4 30 and put your name down because you're going to be there a while. Um, but it was also, I mean, covers were, re- were relatively cheap. It was like 10 bucks to get into roosters, which wit his, uh, wit has been to roosters. Um, it was, it was like $10 to get in there. They had crawfish and all kinds of stuff. Um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, it was, the weather could not have been more perfect. The high every day was like 77 to 80. So it was that like the morning was a little chilly, put on a, a nice little pullover, um, wear shorts all day long and you don't really sweat. So the weather was, weather was great. Could have asked for better weather. Uh, but now I'm officially done with college for a while. Uh, before I go back for my specialist, I'm going to give it a, give it a while. Um, and now we can focus on getting this podcast rolling again and uh, putting out some solid content. Matt, are you still rolling with baseball season? Or are you pretty much done with that? Oh, we're done. We uh, we wrapped up the next to last week of April was our last series, and we had to sweep in order to get in playoffs. We lost the first one, won the last two. So it was pretty close. Um, unfortunately, we just came up a little bit short. It just, uh, you know, it, it was a long season this year. Had a, had a lot of ups and downs and could never really get a good, consistent footing with the team. But, you know, we learned a lot this year. It's, it was a learning year as a coach. And, uh, you know, now we, we look at two more weeks of school before we, we get a nice, cool two months off. Geez, how you been, man? I've uh, been pretty good. Just kind of hanging out. What have I been? I went. Went down to Statesboro for those guys' graduations, and uh, that's my last trip for a while. So uh, it's, it's it was nice to see the borough again and uh, to actually enjoy it. I remember I said I went down there two times ago, and it was kind of awkward. This time I was I was with some of the older guys, so it was fine. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm probably uh, probably won't be back down there for a good while. Probably not until maybe a game day. If we can get like a top uh, top twenty five matchup down there, definitely have to go down there for a uh, 
for an ATK tailgate. Dude, we might be having to make a trip to um, Omaha this year. Georgia oh. Southern, yeah, playing really well. I mean, they're top 25. I don't know when the selection show is. I think that we still got a couple of weeks away from that, don't we? Yeah, so there will be – there's two weeks of regular season left, and then there will be conference tournament. And then after the conference tournament, there will be the selection day. Um, for most conferences, the conference tournament doesn't have a big implication. Uh, I think the Sun Belt has kind of there's – some, there's some really solid baseball competition in the Sun Belt. So I think that there will be uh, – the Georgia Southerns made a case for themselves to, to be in to a regional solidly. Uh, here's the – they're going to be the tough thing for them is the last – projection i saw had them going to athens uh in in that regional and that would not be nice to have to play against the georgia team that has some really good starting pitching and they fare well against georgia when they play them typically yes they do the 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 reason i say like it, it would be it would be a tough it would be a tough series or a tough region just because uh georgia is number one jonathan cannon that kid's a stud he's like 96 to 98 uh, really good stuff. And when you get into a regional, you face their weekend starters. A lot of times whenever Georgia Southern plays Georgia, they get the midweek guy who's not their top end of the rotation uh, pitcher. So it's – while I, I believe in Georgia Southern, I, I've got every reason to believe that they would and could win a series against Georgia. Um, it wouldn't be just Georgia. It would be – other teams in there as well, but last I saw, Georgia Southern would be a two seed in that regional, which has them in a in a good spot. I mean, that would be that would put them as a top twenty four seed in the country, and going in as a two seed is much better than as a four, for sure. Well, I mean, I was looking at a couple of projections. Uh, I want to say <clears throat> maybe two weeks ago, and they were saying that Georgia Southern has a chance to host a regional if we end up coming out of the Sun Belt tournament. Uh, Probably not now. We dropped that series last weekend, and that hurt those chances pretty significantly just because of the RPI. Um, the top 16 seeds in the in the country, the top 16 teams in the country are the ones that host. Um, so Southern probably, because of that series loss, isn't going to be in that tier. But hey, going into a, into a regional as a as a two seed would be would be awesome for for Georgia Southern and uh, really been cool and fun to watch coach Hennon and those guys down in Statesburg get after it this year, this spring. Definitely excited for, uh, for the end of baseball season. Definitely excited to see where our Eagles can go, but uh, this is a football podcast and uh, there was a pretty big event that happened that we kind of missed. We kind of glazed over it. The 2022 NFL draft, or I guess you could just call it the 2022 Georgia Bulldogs selection. Because, holy cow, 15 Georgia Bulldogs selected. I know Witt's happy over here, uh, and I'm sure he's I'm sure he's happy to talk a little smack to you, Mr. Alabama. Oh, you, me and Matt don't talk smack. You You're know, right. Lando's not here today. Me, <laughs> I, you know me. I'm a very cordial guy. I don't talk a lot of crap, especially when, you know, Alabama, I think, only had, what, four players drafted this year? So, I don't know. Seven, seven. Seven. Seven, yeah. I, still still pretty Pretty low. Less than ten. So, I, like, like it, it, I said, I don't, I don't try and push things, but. <laughs> but no, I mean, honestly, I mean, in, 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 in all honesty, I mean, Alabama had a pretty good draft. Obviously, seven guys getting picked. Any any year for most other teams, that's like pretty much all world for them. I mean, 
most teams outside of like the SEC are only getting like maybe four or five guys drafted at most. So, yeah, I mean, look, Georgia absolutely deserved to have that many guys taken. I mean, they had a phenomenal season. Uh, that defense was unbelievable. Uh, the Jags, I, the thing with Trayvon Walker, like, I, I don't know. I had a lot of, I talked to a couple of Georgia fans at work. I hadn't had a chance to talk to Witt really a good bit about it. But I think Trayvon Walker's a good player. I just feel like he was kind of a reach as a number one overall pick. I mean, I think he's got that potential to be good. Uh, but I feel like he was a little bit of a reach at, at one overall. Uh, heck of an athlete. You put the film on, and you can see that he could cover. He's got the speed. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong, was he a one-year starter at Georgia? He just started this last year? No, he started the past two years. Uh, but his freshman year, he wasn't the starter, but he kind of subbed in and out and played just as much as the starter. So he okay. The thing with him is he really never played a true edge position at Georgia, and I'm sure you know this. If you go back and watch the tape, he was always kind of more of like a three tech kind of defensive end, where he's not really getting after the passer. He's more so kind of stopping the run and kind of trying to just cause havoc towards the quarterback. And I, I mean, I want to say maybe he had. I think he had the most sacks in his career this year. I want to say he was around like five to six or something, like nothing crazy. But, I mean, I, I honestly thought that he was kind of a reach at number one, too, mostly because of production. I mean, when you guys you got guys like Aiden Hutchinson, who was in the Heisman race. I think he finished second in the Heisman this year. Um, and then you got Kayvon Thibodeau, obviously top five recruit, five-star, has all the attributes. I mean, he had the same thing. He had the production at Oregon. He looked phenomenal. Um, the fact that he went five, and you got Aiden going two, and you got Trayvon Walker going one. I think that really just tells a lot about what these NFL scouts are seeing in Trayvon Walker as an upside potential. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He didn't have the production, but I think everybody's looking at him going, all right, this is a guy that we can get into our weight program. We can kind of put him where we need to. If he needs to play defensive tackle, he could do really well there. If we want to put him out on like a defensive end position, he could do really well there as well. Uh, we might just have to fine tune some things, but I think he's going to have a really good career. Um, honestly, him, Jordan Davis, uh, try to get other guys that went, that went first round, Quay Walker, Lewisine. I think all those guys are really, really, really good players, and they will start immediately. Um, and obviously, that's why they get picked first round. But still, I mean, a lot of people are looking at guys like Quay Walker and Lewisine and going like, eh, I feel like it's kind of a reach, like the fact that they ended up going first rounds a little bit much. But if you go and like actually look at their tape, they were really 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 good players in their position and honestly this year if you look at linebacker and look at safety especially with those two they're probably i mean quay walker's probably top three linebacker and i think lewis seen was probably the number two safety besides kyle hamilton but well well one of the biggest surprises for me was that nicobe dean wasn't a first rounder or an early second at least and i know that there was people saying that he fell i don't remember something with his testing at the combine and what like sometimes I think NFL scouts when they look at the combine they take it too seriously like when you turn on the Kobe Dean's tape he's got all of the the attributes athletically and in between the ears and as a leader like I mean I just I just don't he's got those intangibles that you can't really see on in a, in a combine and and so that to me it was like and I'm not even a Georgia fan, but how do you not – how is N'Kobe Dean not even a, a top two-round pick? 
Well, the problem with Nakobe Dean is what happened is he was supposed to get surgery on his shoulder kind of like three-fourths of the way through the season, and he decided not to have that surgery, and he still hasn't had it. So they're looking at him going, all right, this is a guy that he didn't have his shoulder repaired. He's just playing through the injury, so they think that he's a larger risk to bring on. That's why he got pushed so far down the board. But he did test bad at the combine, and I think it had a lot to do with the fact that he was still having that injury. So that's why he fell so far. I kind of understood why he fell once I heard that situation. But honestly, for me, you saw how he played at the end of the year. I mean, even in the national championship game, I mean, I think he was the best player on the field. I mean, he's an absolute yeah, superstar. Absolutely. He doesn't have the size. I mean, he's not huge. He's not, you know, the big, bulky, run-stuffing linebacker. But if you watch him play, man, I mean, he's, he's one of the most athletic guys I've ever seen play uh, the middle linebacker position. And, I mean, going off of his grades and everything, too, and, I mean, from what I hear about the Georgia program, it sounds like he's a really, really smart guy, so... I mean, throw that all together, throw in the fact that he can go in and be a leader for the football team, and he's a winner coming from Georgia, too, just won a national championship. If it were me, I probably would have picked him in the first round if I had a linebacker need, especially over, like, I love Quay Walker, but I would have picked Kobe Dean over Quay Walker, even with the injury. But that's just me. But I, I yeah. think he fell pretty late, but, I mean, good for the Eagles for getting him in the third round. Oh, man, the Eagles, as a as a combined team, the Eagles and the Jets probably, in my opinion, had the two best drafts overall. I mean, the Jets addressed a ton of needs. They traded back in, and they got uh, Jermaine Johnson late in in the first round. Like, the Jets had a great draft. And then the Eagles got Jordan Davis, and they got Kobe Dean. Uh, they, got, they traded, and they got A.J. Brown. So they've got a lot of really good pieces to put around Jalen Hurst offensively now. So you're going to have Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown on the outside catching balls from Jalen. And then you got Jordan Davis on the inside there and Kobe Dean. Like, I, I really think that, that those two teams, and, and it, it's obviously that's been the national media's narrative too. I mean, it, it, they did. They had such a good draft addressing all the needs that they had. Yeah, I'm with you, Matt. And honestly, you're right, too. The Jets had a phenomenal draft. I mean, in the first round, like you said, they got Sauce Gardner, number four. They got Garrett Wilson, number 10, who I think the Falcons should have picked at number eight. And then you go down, they traded back in, ended up getting Jermaine Johnson. So uh, those three picks alone automatically flips your team from pretty much completely irrelevant to if your quarterback can show up and play well, you're going to be a contender in that AFC, what are they, East? AFC East? So yeah. They, I mean, they're they're doing well. I think their front office is doing a lot better with how they're looking at the draft prospects and going about their business doing that. I'm a big fan of Robert Sala. I think they could have a really good year. It's all going to fall on Zach Wilson in the end. If Zach Wilson can show up and play the way he did at BYU, I think they'll be really good. I'm not a big Zach Wilson guy, so I'm kind of off of that train. But for the Jets, I mean, they, they're putting the pieces around him. But Garrett Wilson especially, I think he's going to be an absolute superstar, so. Good for them. Yeah, that was that was a phenomenal pick. I'm with you. I'm not a big Zach Wilson guy either. Uh, the Jets' biggest issue is that they're in a division with perennial winner New England and recent juggernaut Buffalo. Uh, I mean, it's weird to say recent juggernaut Buffalo because you normally don't equate that. But the the Bills got better on defense. They added Von Miller. They still have Stephon Diggs. They still have Josh Allen. 
So the Bills, the Bills are going to be a force to be reckoned with in that division. And the Dolphins got a ton better because they added some pieces at receiver. I think that Tua is going to be a lot better now and more comfortable in an offense uh, under under the new head coach there in Miami. So that division is going to be tough. So it's going to be really it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how the Jets do. I mean, there's going to be some growing room uh, for all those guys. Garrett Wilson is an absolute freak. Chris Olave, another guy, both of those guys from Ohio State. Uh, I, I expect great things from their NFL careers. The Falcons going with Drake London in the first round, I get it. Like, if he's your guy, he's your guy. But when you, if you ask me, like, straight up, Garrett Wilson or Drake London, I don't even think it's a question. Like, Garrett Wilson, to me, is the obvious choice at that spot. Yeah, and I mean... Honestly, if, if it's me and I'm looking at this, even if you don't look at Drake Wilson, who I think when it comes to size, speed, hands, I think he's got all of it. He's very balanced. Drake London's got the size. I think he has a lot of upside with the way that he played at USC. He's got really, really good hands. He's really good at the point of attack. Um, if it were me, if I'm not picking Garrett Wilson, it probably would have been Jamison Williams, and it's because of speed. Now, I know that he has the torn ACL, and you know he's getting over that and everything. You don't know how that's going to go, but... I mean, I, I think Drake London has really good upside. I think Drake London will be really good, but number eight overall to me, that's got to be a guy that you know is going to be a top-tier t- top wide receiver, immediately be the best player on your offense type of guy. And and that's why they picked uh, Kyle Pitts last year. And, uh, and honestly, to me, it's like, I, I feel like we just took the exact same player. Like, Kyle Pitts is the same. He's a big dude. He's got a lot of speed. He's a matchup nightmare. Drake London's the exact same way. Now we just got two of the same guy. We don't have the speed of a guy like Jamison Williams or uh, the quickness and route running of a guy like Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson, for that matter. So that's why I wasn't a big fan of it. I think he will be good, and I think it's going to help the offense. But the way that our defense has been the past couple of years, I don't know why we would pass on a guy like, you know, Kyle Hamilton was still there. Um, like, I mean, we could have gotten, you know, Garrett Wilson. There's just so many other, especially, I mean, Jordan Davis was still there too. There's tons of guys on that defense uh, or on the defensive board that we could have picked up instead of Drake London or any receiver really. And I think we, we would have been a lot better off, but it is what it is. So who would you guys say overall? I know you guys talked about the Eagles and the Jets. Who would you say overall is the biggest winner of the draft and the biggest loser of the draft? Winner, I would say, I mean, give me a coin. I'll flip it. It's either going to be Jets or Eagles. And then biggest loser of the draft. I'm trying to think. It's been, a, it's been a couple weeks, so I'm trying to think back now. Who was Who got picked that I was just like, that's interesting. I'm going to have to think on that one for a second. My winner, I'm not going to go Eagles. I'm not going to go Jets because we already talked about them. I'm, I'm going to go Ravens. And, uh, yeah, I was thinking about this. You know, looking up here, Kyle Hamilton, number one. They got him at pick 14. To me, he's a top three player in this year's draft. So the fact they got him at 14 is absolutely huge. They got Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa, the center, uh, at pick number 25. That's a great pick for them. They got David Ajabo, round two, pick 13. Uh, Travis Jones, defensive tackle, uh, round three, um, and so on and so forth. They got Jalen Armour Davis in round four from Alabama. He really didn't do a ton when he was at Alabama, but any player from Alabama, you, they got some upside. You never know. 
especially in the fourth round. They got Charlie Kohler. Uh, they got a really good punter in Jordan Stout. And they got Tyler Batty in the sixth round. I mean, if you look at their draft from top to bottom, they did a very, 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 very good job. Um, and honestly, they have the past couple of years. So I think the Ravens are a team that as the years go on with Lamar at quarterback, if they keep building the defense the way they have been, their defense has been awesome. I mean, their defense is top five every single year. Uh, get Lamar some better weapons, especially at receiver, um, which they really didn't do. But if they can do that, maybe start training for some guys. Um, they could end up being one of those teams that consistently winning the division, consistently making a run at a Super Bowl, which so far with Lamar, they have not done. But uh, for me, loser, I'm going Cowboys, starting with taking the tackle out of Tulsa in the first round. Every pick they had after that, to me, terrible, terrible. I think they had they picked some good players, but they were bad value. And to me, it, the draft is all about where you pick the best players. So for me, if you're picking a guy in the first round who you probably could have gotten in the second or the third round, and you're passing on guys like Nicobe Dean or guys like uh, Tyler Linderbaum was still there. They really needed to center. They let him walk. Um, and they passed on – who else did they pass on? They passed on uh, Jermaine Johnson, too, after they just lost Randy Gregory. So, like, to me, they could have done a lot better job. They didn't go for the star names like they normally do, and usually that ends up working out for them, like with Michael Parsons last year and C.D. Lamb two years ago. So, um, Cowboys are my losers for sure. Cowboys going to Cowboy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go – I hate to do this, but I got to go Jags as the loser overall. I mean – they had so many more needs to address than linebacker where they went two picks in the top 70. And then the risky pick of Trayvon Walker at one overall, like I know there wasn't a clear consent consensus on like, this is the number one overall pick this year. And I'm personally not a big Aiden Hutchinson guy. I just don't understand the reach. Of all the years to have a number one overall pick, this is not a, it wasn't a good one. But then to go with two linebackers in the top 70 after that pick, no DB. I mean, they, they could have gone. I, honestly, I, I would have gone Sauce Gardner. It, I mean, the, the, dude's a, the dude's a stud. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. We need DBs. Jags just, they can't do anything right. Um, with the Bears being another one that that I don't I didn't understand why they didn't go in that second round. I know they didn't have a first round pick because they used that for Fields last year, but then they didn't go get him some help with that first pick overall or that first pick that they did have in the second round. I, I just was a little little shocked by that. Uh, they went they went DB with their first two picks. That didn't make any sense to me. So you know, Bears gonna Bears, Jags gonna Jags. It's too bad they couldn't draft a head coach. Yeah, I mean, Doug Peterson, it'll be an experience. They it'll got, be an experience. They got a Super Bowl winning head coach. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. Better than yeah. Urban. <laughs> he doesn't sound thrilled. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you, I mean, honestly, I, I mean, I know we're only one year in of the whole Arthur Smith uh, fiasco that's about to be, but I'm, I'm not a huge Arthur Smith guy. I, I probably would take Doug Peterson over Arthur Smith, to be honest. I mean, I would too, but I, I I don't know. I just, gosh, the Jags. Can I renounce my Jags fandom for like the millionth time? Uh, I just, I, I just want to renounce. Man, the problem it. for you is you don't live in Boston or Kansas City or 
um, somewhere that you know Baltimore right now. I don't. I don't know. You don't have another good choice. Buffalo. You live in Atlanta, so like the only team that you can pick up that you're allowed to pick up is the Atlanta Falcons because you live in Georgia. And if you do that, you're in a much, much worse spot than you are right now. Because at least right now, you got your franchise quarterback sitting behind center. And you just put Luke, Luke Fortner at center. So you got a pretty good center in front of him now, too. So I I would we rather might, be a Jags fan at this point in my life um, instead of being a Falcons fan and constantly being disappointed um, and my life just sucking forever. But, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I get it. You're, yeah, it. If there was, it, I, I did think about that one day. If there were two worse, or there, there's no chance that there's two worst franchises that are geographically this close to each other. Yeah, and Nashville's pretty close. So I, it was the same thing when I was up in Nashville. I was like, all right, Tennessee or the Falcons. I was like, well, either way, I'm going to be disappointed year in and year out. So there's no at least from either. At least with the Titans, though. Like, they seem to be in the right spot. Like, they just have Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> What's looking at all my Masters Where'd stuff? you get all this Masters stuff? <laughs> the you guy that knows the least about polo. golf. Wearing, I'm wearing a Masters He's got polo. a Masters I got koozie stapled to his, uh, to his fridge. <laughs> or magnetized to his fridge. Uh, it, like, you did not go. It was a gift. Maybe it was a, from who? Uh... I don't know that I don't know where that koozie came from, but I know this, I know you have not had these before. Ian this gave year. me the shirt, I believe. Ian, Ian, didn't you know, know. I, he, I, he I, res- I respect it. Game respect game. Look, man, He's, I respect. No, I, I respect that too, you're man. rocking the Masters. Stuff, but I'm like, you have to go to the Masters to get the gear. How did you have the gear when you didn't go? I've <laughs> gotten gifts out. actually from the Masters, yeah, like people that are that I know that are going. I'll be like, hey. You don't even play golf. I'm trying to make it look like I play golf. <laughs> Maybe I'll get into golf. <laughs> Let me tell Jesus. you, I played I played 36 holes of golf in 24 hours this past weekend. Yeah, it looks fun. 36. It sucked. It was. I mean, it was a great time. All right, I had a great time, and I played really well for the first 18, and then on the second 18, I kind of started to get really tired. So it was pretty. It was pretty bad. <laughs> I was it was I was just thinking about asking if you guys wanted to talk about golf at all this episode. So I guess always, we're talking about golf now. Always want to talk about golf. I always well, it's talk great. about golf. Especially when the weather's <laughs> nice and you're looking outside and you're like golf weather. So um Yeah. And especially, you know, with with today the PGA tour releasing that they're going to deny any waiver requests to play in the live tour events that go on. Uh for those of you that are unaware, the Live Tour is this tour that is backed by Saudi Arabia. And there were actually several high-profile PGA players that were linked potentially into playing in these events. Uh, like high-profile and like Phil Mickelson and Bryson DeChambeau and like names that are common people who don't watch golf often know who they are. Uh, so I kind of get it. I mean, I'll be honest, I saw Justin Thomas's uh, press conference on it, and he was like, yeah, if you don't like the PGA Tour and you want to go be a part of another tour, go ahead. But, you know, purses in the PGA Tour are pretty good right now, and I, I kind of agree. Uh, what, what, do, uh, what, what are our thoughts? Um, I did not know that the PGA banned that, but I did know that Phil and Bryson had signed with the Saudi Arabia Tour. It sounded like Phil was getting kicked off the PGA Tour anyway. 
I could be wrong. I, I know I did, uh, I did a little research on it about maybe two or three weeks ago. Um, so Phil Phil's going to be in the U.S. Open this year. Uh, I believe I saw that. Okay. Or the open or the Open Championship. He's in one of those majors. And the U.S. Open is the only one he hasn't won, correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. So he's still going to get a shot. Okay, that's at least fun. That's good. And the U.S. Open, well, the PGA Championship is in what, two weeks? Or a week, next week? Gosh, it's coming up soon. I think PGA's next week, see. and then uh, U.S. Open's like four weeks. Maybe maybe well Phil was the uh, Phil was the the PGA champion last year, so I imagine that he would play in that this year. He was the was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He won the he won a major last year, right? And it was I'm pretty sure it's a PGA championship. You're right. I mean, I'm assuming if he's in the U.S. Open too, he'd be in the PGA championship. So I guess he'll be playing in that. I mean. Yeah, so that's next week, and then I want to – yeah, U.S. Open's like four or five weeks, um, kind of in the middle of June, end of June kind of area, and then you got the OP Championship a month after. Can I just say – I think we've talked about this before too. I hate, 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 hate that they've moved the PGA Championship to in between the U.S. Open and the Masters. I hate it. I agree. To me, it's a fall or end of summer event. Like it's perfect for August or September, maybe even October. So – like maybe August into the summer, you got uh, you have the PGA Championship, but I think it's perfect if you have Masters kind of middle to end of April, around Easter time, and then you have the U.S. Open end of May, early June, and then you have uh, the Open Championship in July, and then you have the PGA Championship in August, maybe early September. That's that's the way it should be to me. Uh, the fact that when it ends at July like that. That to me that just sucks because then all you have the rest of the year is the PGA playoffs, which to me like it's fun, but it's not as fun, especially with now at the end of the year, whoever wins the tour championship wins the entire playoffs now, uh, which is cool still, but it kind of takes away from the rest of the playoff. Even though you're kind of seeing yourself and you're getting the handicap and all that stuff, which is cool, but like the the the, the big playoff uh, tournaments, like the last three or four, whatever it is. To me, aren't really that huge of a deal. I, I like the way that the, the tournaments are set up. I love the Open Championship just because I love staying up until like three a.m. and then people are teeing off. Oh yeah, on those first, those first tee times, and then waking up at like nine in the morning, and you've got golf, and then you're done by noon. Like noon, everybody's like wrapping up their rounds. Um, but yeah, so I was I I was watching the golf channel today. And that's whenever I saw that the, the waivers for this live golf event, the live it's L I V it's that's the golf league that uh, is the Saudi backed league. And so several golfers were going to play in this. Uh, there were Greg Norman is like the CEO of this league. And, I don't really understand what a lot of the players on the tour are mad about. I don't know if it's the amount of money shared or exactly what it is that they're upset about, but they're not happy about something the way that the PGA tour has been running things. So, and it's like, it's Phil Mickelson, Lee Westwood, 
there was rumors that like Martin Keimer and Bubba Watson, uh, some other big name guys. I want to say that it was like six of the top 50 in the world. were going to be going into this. And then like overall 20 of the top 100, we're going to be joining. Wow. And then it, there was only a handful that kept their name in that hat. Whenever the, it was like, exposed or whatever you want to call it like oh yeah that cat's out of the bag now and now uh so today the pga tour made it official that uh you are not going to be allowed the pga tour will let you you can go to those events if you give up your pga tour card so um i i found that pretty interesting but i also get it like this is a this is a league that has outwardly said that they want to compete with the PGA. This is a league that is trying to poach your best players. If you're the NFL and the USFL starting up, Tom Brady and you know a, a handful of guys like that, you're not going to want to let them go to that league. You're going to say no. Either give up your NFL status, or you can go and you can go play there, or uh, you know you can continue being on your contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, to me, that's what this is, yeah. similar to what this yeah, is. Yeah, and you're you're 100% right. And what the thing is, too, is when they go and play for that league, they're taking the branding that they developed in the PGA to help develop a completely the brand of a completely different league that's going to compete with the league that made their brand in the first place. Like, I mean, no offense to Tiger Woods, and, and Tiger Woods is the best player, I think, of all time. If he started in some Saudi America league, nobody would know who he was. It does not matter how good he is. No, especially in America, because we're not going to play some random Saudi league on the TVs in America. We're going to play the PGA PGA Tour. And if he's in that Saudi league, he's not coming over here and playing in the... I mean, he might play in you know some of the open, open uh, majors and stuff, and so maybe we would just from that. But, uh, I mean, I, I totally get it. I, I'm with it. Um, I'm normally not a big fan of different, you know, business entities saying you can't do this, you can't do that. But, um, in this scenario where, especially nowadays where branding is such a huge part of your value when it comes to like money and stuff, it, it, I think it's a good decision on their part to do it. Well, not only the branding, but the PGA tour offers so many sponsorships that they've like, they've got a lot of partners that they spot that they use to sponsor like Adidas, Puma, uh, KPMG, like Bridgestone, Titleist, like you've got these, the, the major players in golf have these sponsorships, thanks in large part to the PGA Tour continuing to get them. Uh, Jason Day, I think, was another name, and Sergio Garcia were that were that were tied to this. And it's like, look, guys, like, how are you going to take, like, are you, the PGA Tour shouldn't be like, yeah, sure, you can be a, you, you you can be a, be sponsored by Titleist. It just doesn't make sense. But, uh, you know, outside of that, I feel like, on the other hand, this has been great for golf because guess what we're talking about? In the middle of May, we're talking about golf. I was and the golf. sports world has turned its attention to golf. Meanwhile, Major League Baseball is, you know, doing major – league baseball things i was telling somebody the other day i'm a part of like the uh a couple of different like braves fan pages on facebook i I just left them all because it's just nothing but people like 
oh, clearly the Snitker experiment's not working. Get him out. Or like Dansby Swanson one day is the worst player on earth. And then the next day they're like, sign him to a long-term contract. I'm like, well, neither are true. But I got out. I got out of the one I was. I can't. Through. I can't do it anymore. It's like everybody on there is just whining, complaining, and then you have the other guys who are just like, "Can we just watch the games?" And like, because what was the record last year is the exact same thirty games in, and they won a World Series last year. It's not. You can't tell anything yet. The Stitger. No. Stitger experiment. And and <laughs> and what what I've been so frustrated with because I'm in a couple of those too, and they bring up Dansby all the time. All See, the this time. is why. And and like at the beginning of the year, he was when he was struggling really bad. I was like, give him like three weeks, and he's going to hit like three forty. Like Dansby's a career two fifty hitter, and the reason he's a career two fifty hitter is because he hits one ten for a month, and then he hits three fifty for a month. It does that, that's that's always been who he is. He is the definition of hot and cold. But but Dansby is also averaging six more outs. Than uh, what the 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 average is for shortstops in the major leagues, which is second in the National League. So I mean, defensively he hasn't taken any steps back. Offensively, he is who he is. I saw a thing today, and in his last fourteen games, he's hitting three eleven with like two or three homers. Like, okay, so you're telling me Dansby's Dansby? Thank you. He Thank led you for off confirming. <laughs> yeah, he, he did lead off because Acuna was hurt, or they were sitting him out for a game or something. You know, the the one thing I will say is, why is it that we that we, why would we not try to mix up the lineup a little bit? Because, all right, I like Acuna hitting leadoff. That's cool and all. See, I don't. But but I would rather. But the reason I like him hitting leadoff is because he's going to get more at bats. Yeah, that's like you, you know your best hitter. You it, want him to get more at bats. Our but can we can best, we not put like I would I would I would rather put Ozzy in the two hole and have Matt Olson in the three hole. I'd be up for because Olson then then Olson being in the two hole and he's hitting tons of doubles. I think he leads the league in doubles, and he doesn't have that many RBI because he's if if anybody's on, it's normally the it's Acuna who hasn't been there most of the year. Uh, so I, I don't know, man. Like I, I, I'd like to see the lineup get switched up a little bit. And Ozuna has been not very good this year. He started off really good, and then out of nowhere, he just kind of dropped down. I noticed today. I didn't even realize that he's hitting like two ten. And then yeah. uh, Austin Riley's dropped down to like two thirty, but I think he'll get back up there. It's just a sl- right. it's just a slump, man. They'll be fine. I, well, and here's the thing, too. I don't care. The Braves could lose every single game for the rest of the year, and I will not give a flying crap. Like, I, I won't, because we won a World Series last year. We were not supposed to win a World Series last year. And honestly, I, it, with this whole, you know, Acuna, Freddie Freeman, Austin Riley, Dansby, this whole team, I did not expect more than one World Series. And I think right now, we still have a really good chance to win more than one. With the the way that AA has managed this team, with signing some big names combined with uh, betting on certain prospects and trading away certain prospects that he knows uh, or that seem like he can get better value for in a trade than just letting them develop. He's done a phenomenal job at it. I mean, everybody was calling for Austin Riley to get, to get traded two years ago. Dude comes out last year, he's an MVP candidate. Everybody was saying, oh, trade Ian Anderson. Two years ago, comes out absolutely incredible in the playoffs. Same this year. Unbelievable in the playoffs. I think he only had... 
He's only given up, what, like three or four runs or something in his entire playoff career? Like, it's something ridiculous. And and yeah. he's been phenomenal. I mean, everything Ian Anderson has done since coming here has been uh, fantastic. I mean, he's, what, this is his third his third year, second full year. So, I mean, and he's been great. Even the beginning of this year, he's been great. So, um, I think uh, AA's done a really good job. The only guy that we we kept a little bit too long for me is Christian Posh. We ended up trading him for Matt Olson, which I think was a good move. And then we signed Matt Olson to the deal that we signed him for as a 28 year old who just came off his first all-star appearance. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with the moves we're making. I think the Braves are going to at least be contenders for the next, you know, five to 10 years. Uh, I mean, it could even be longer than that with the deals we have for Acuna, the deals we have for, uh, Ozzy Albies, and then I think Austin Riley is about to get a, a pretty good deal coming up soon too. So I think we're one more starting pitcher away from being a real threat to win a World Series this year because Max Fried has been great, Ian Anderson has been great, Charlie Morton finally had a good start last last week or last night actually or not last night well, two nights and ago. And I've been saying this all um, season too. Charlie Morton that with as many years as he has on him right now. He should be your fourth best pitcher. He shouldn't be in your yeah, top three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he's our fourth best pitcher, I'll be really happy. Which, honestly, this year he has been. Because Kyle Wright's been great until last start. Kyle, last night was his first really bad one. And, you know, look, if if you can give me, when Mike, when Mike Soroka gets back, if he can be who he was before yeah. he got hurt and just somehow stay healthy, if we go into a playoff series against anybody, and you tell me my my first three guys are going to be Freed, Anderson, Soroka. Oh, man. And then all I need is Kyle Wright or Charlie Morton to be really good once. I like those odds. And the offense will come around. I, the offense has been behind this year anyways, and I think a lot of that has to do with the shortened spring training, but it's not just the Braves. I mean, it's it's been historically bad. Uh, across the league, short and spring training has something to do with that, and then also they unjuice the baseballs because balls are getting smoked and they're just dying. Um, it's it's all it's all because man fraud just can't fix the game. Yeah, I can't stand that dude. He is just awful. But I'll tell you what, man, I'm really happy with the universal DH. I know. Um, I think you you weren't a big fan of it, correct? But. No, I, w- I was a big fan. I-, I was a big fan of it. I wanted it last year. Mm-hmm. That was my my whole thing. Was like, you why why delay it for a yeah. year? Why not just go ahead and give it to the people? Yeah, because to me to me, I wasn't a big fan of the Marcelo Zuna signing last year because I was like, why are we giving this guy so much money to be an absolute liability on defense in the outfield? Mm-hmm. Whenever you could go get a guy like last year, we could have had Solaire from the jump, and it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Or Castro, and he's a, yeah, exactly. And and so, but instead, and then we, you know, what happened with Ozuna ended up happening, and you know, it's all. But Ozuna is a guy that you pay money to be the DH. Yep, and that's why this year I feel like it's like, all right, well, if you can't even hit well. We have wasted a ton of money on you. Yep. Yep, yep. That's why we got to hope that he can turn it on. Um, I mean, I think I like our lineup. Like I said, I think down the stretch, I think this lineup is going to be really good. 
um, once everybody yeah. starts to gel together. I think we're definitely going to have to move some pieces around in the uh, the batting lineup for sure. I th- I, I'm it, with you. I know, and I, I know you're not a big fan of moving Acuna from the top spot, but I feel like nowadays you got to have your best player on the team at number two. That's what everybody's doing. Mike Trout hits two, or used to. I don't know if he still does. Um, I think because then you got a guy, it at least has a chance to put a guy on before you get your best player up there, and you're getting him more at bats at two, but you're also giving giving him a chance to get somebody on base. So when he gets up there and hits his forty home runs, he's going to hit this year. He could at least get us two instead of just one, like he did all of last year when he was playing. I wouldn't be opposed to uh, Acuna at two. Um, I just – I like him being up there at the top. I, we just need to get a little more back-end lineup production, and and that'll come. And, and, and I'll say you know, this, too. I like with line- adding the universal DH instead of having the pitcher, that actually, in favor of your opinion of him being number one, that helps a lot. Because then you don't oh, have yeah, absolutely. Freaking, like, anyone besides Max Fried on our team that's a pitcher getting up there and hitting. And then you got Acuna coming up. And it's like he just pretty much ruins everything. Well, see so, you now, and 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 back in the back in the day, you know, like ten years ago, it that was that it would have been great because it's like, all right, if the eight hole guy gets on, the pitcher pitcher's going to come up and bunt him over, and now Acuna's coming up to hit with with runners in scoring position. Yep. But because the game's changed, pitchers can't bunt like that anymore. Um, which it's it's gotten harder in my opinion to bunt because you got dudes out there throwing a hundred to a hundred and four, you know, and, and that's so I mean that makes it difficult. So I mean, look, I could sit here and talk Braves all day. I'm not gonna get overly invested it in, in in March or excuse me, May eleventh. Um now I will say, generally speaking, teams are who they are come Memorial Day. If a team like starts off the year really hot, like weirdly hot, normally if they make it all the way to Memorial Day, they're for real. Uh, the Rays in 2008, that was kind of how – that was like the deadline. It was like, okay, they keep winning. And at the, the beginning of the year, it was like, oh, wow, look at the Rays. They're just really young and they're playing fiery. But you don't play young and fiery for a month and a half or almost two months. You play young and fiery for, you know, 20 games you've done it for a lot of times teams by the time they get to that point they've played 35 to 40 games now you're like okay now you're now you're you're, you're for real the Braves last year always felt like they were on the verge of making that jump and I feel like that's the one difference that I'll say is this year they don't feel like they're on the verge of making that jump some of that could be the fact that hey it's really hard to freaking win a championship and then come out and compete like that at the same level again because of the amount of mileage you put on your body in those uh, in those years or in those games in October. Uh, you know, it's a long season already, so I don't know, man. I'm I'm excited to see how it turns out, though. Always, always loving some Braves baseball. We'll have to get down and go to a game. I'll be a little a little more free in two weeks, so yeah. Well, come on down. I mean, you know, me and Keys are about a mile and a half away now, so we're uh, we're a quick skip and a jump, and then we're at the stadium. Uh, but I'll tell you this, Matt. If your theory rings true with the way things are going right now, then I will be turning baseball off 
come Memorial Day. Because right now we got the Yankees in first place in the MLB. And we got right there behind them, both less than 10 losses. We got the Dodgers. And if I have to watch the Yankees play the Dodgers in the World Series, I might never watch baseball again. Because that that will ruin ruin the taste in my mouth when it comes to baseball. I can't stand either one of those teams. They're just two teams that do nothing but buy their players and don't develop anybody. And it, it, they both of them extremely, extremely piss me off. So if, if we get to Memorial Day, they're both still number one and number two. I, Matt, I trust your judgment. That means I'm going to have to turn off baseball for the rest of the year, and, and that and that that'll hurt my feelings. Well, I mean, it, uh, in the in the opposite of what I said uh, last year, the Braves were terrible at Memorial Day, and in 2019, the Nationals were terrible come Memorial Day. So, uh, you know, it's not always the case. But and look, with baseball, anything can happen in the playoffs. All it takes is you to fall behind and, and uh, you know, look, the Dodgers and Yankees both have been and had phenomenal teams year in and year out, it seems like. And on paper, it's great. And right now it's working. But let's see if that's still working in October, you know. It, it's it's a long season. It's a grind. You got to have a little luck go your way, too. You got to stay healthy. You know, neither of those teams can afford a lot of injuries, so. Maybe the Dodgers can because they've got some depth, but the Yankees, especially on in pitching, you know they've they've gotten a lot of good outings out of Nestor Cortez, who has just been unbelievable this year. Well, Matt, I know you were saying earlier you haven't really been watching the Stanley Cup playoffs or the NBA playoffs. Uh, I've been so- watching the NBA actually. Okay, just not the NHL. Well, I'm gonna tell you right now. Suns win the NBA Finals this year. Chris Paul gets his first ever NBA championship. Wins over Boston in seven games. Phenomenal NBA Finals. It's going to be a really good one. Stanley Cup. I have. This is the first year ever I have watched every single Stanley Cup game. Have I watched from start to finish? No. But I have watched at least some of every Stanley Cup game. Um, I put a little money down in each team, so I have a cheering, uh, a cheering team. Hopefully you didn't bet on the Preds. Holy crap. I didn't bet anything on the Preds, actually, because the odds were really bad. So I was like, I'm just not going to do it. But the Preds got got, uh, swept by the Avalanche. And and as I was saying, Avalanche, I think the Avalanche are going to be in the Stanley Cup Finals. Really, really good team. I think they were the best team last year. Ended up getting outed by uh, the Vegas Knights um, in a really good series in the uh, conference semifinals last season. Um, this year, I think they make that run. They get to the Stanley Cup Finals. And uh, I think they're going to play Pittsburgh. I have a feeling. I've listened to some podcasts lately, doing a little research on what's going on. Everyone's saying this is Pittsburgh's last dance, the equivalent of what uh, Michael Jordan the and the Bulls did back in, what was it, 1997 or 1998, whenever. Um, 96. It's the same deal with the, with the, uh, the Penguins. They got... Couple guys, uh, along with Sidney Crosby, who's one of the best of all time. Some consider him the best of all time, besides Wayne Gretzky. Um, and everybody's saying this is his last hoorah. This is the, his last chance to win a Stanley Cup final. I think they're going to do it. I think Pittsburgh will go on and win the Stanley Cup final against the Avalanche, also in a really, really, really good series. Um, obviously, our listeners should know I'm no basketball expert, I'm no hockey expert. But I do know sports. I know momentum, and I feel it from the uh, the Suns, and I feel it from 
the Penguins. So those are my picks. Write them down. Take your bets. I've got to go with the Warriors right now, man. They are – I know that they've got – Gary Payton is injured. But, dude, you got Steph. Chef Steph is cooking. You've got Clay Thompson back and healthy. Draymond is in full playoff Draymond form where he's getting technicals and getting ejected and pissing people off. I, I, obviously, whenever the playoffs started, I wanted Hawks, Grizzlies. Um, I, I just – John Morant is a awesome, fun player to watch, but he can't do it on his own. And uh, the Grizzlies just don't have enough pieces around him to be able to beat – to take that step. Um, I would like to see the Celtics come out of the West or out of the East, uh, but I think it's going to be the Heat. I think I mean that, that, the Heat are just playing really well right now. Um, if Joel Embiid is able to play, I would like to see the Sixers beat them. Sixers Celtics in, a, in the Eastern back. Conference. He came back the last game. He did, and they got okay. smushed. So uh, you know, I I would like to see Sixers Celtics in in an Eastern Conference final, like two of the most hateable sports cities in the country going at it for a, a chance to play in, 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 in the NBA championship and the NBA finals would be just unreal. Uh, I would love that the heat. I, I don't have any issue with the heat, but except for the fact that they're in Miami and ever since LeBron went there, I kind of hate them. Uh, but out of the West, I just, I don't, the warriors are playing great. I would, I would prefer to see Phoenix win. I like Devin Booker. I like Chris Paul. I like DeAndre Ayton. I like Jay Crowder. Like that's a that's a fun little squad they have there. And I feel like I know like the Phoenix is that team that even back in the '90s, whenever they went to the NBA Finals with Barkley, I don't feel like their window is very big to win a championship. I feel like they, they, this. They had an opportunity last year, and they blew it. I think this is the year that they've got to do it if they're going to. Yep, I completely agree, and that's why I think they're going to do it. I think it's going to be Suns-Warriors, like like you were saying. I think the Warriors are playing really well. Um, this Jordan – is it Jordan Poole or Jordan Pooler? Where's last name? Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole. Poole. This dude, he's been awesome. I'm hearing they're probably going to trade Clay next year because they like Jordan Poole so much they want him to play two-guard along with Steph. Uh, but who knows if that actually happens or not. Either way, I think – I mean, Warriors are up 3-1. I think they're going to win tonight against the Grizzlies. Grizzlies are just a really young team. I got Warriors, Suns, and uh, I got Heat against the Sixers. I think the Heat are going to finish it off tomorrow um, against the Sixers, and we're going to get Heat against the Celtics. I think that's going to be a really good series. I got the Celtics winning. So I got Suns beating Celtics, Stanley Cup, like I said – Avalanche losing in a heartbreaker against the Penguins, same as the Preds did back in 2017. The Avalanche are really freaking good, very man. Very good. Very, very, very good. And I think they're the best team in the league, but I think I feel I feel a little black magic with Pittsburgh. So see my thing with hockey, and and I know that this is this is how a lot of people are with most sports. I only pay attention to the Blackhawks. Outside of the Blackhawks, I don't really care about 
hockey that much. Like I watch the Blackhawks. If they win, I'm the same. I stay on that same exact I love way it. with the Preds and with in basketball. Same way with the Hawks until playoffs, and then I watch the playoff games, or at least I keep up with it. So see, I'm the NBA. I'm really not that way. Like I get and uh, and it started. I I. I normally like and recently have been like, oh, I hate the NBA. It's not fun to watch anymore. And then this year I actually started watching NBA games and I was like, oh, I miss this. This is awesome. Like on a Thursday night, I could sit down and I can watch the Mavericks and the Grizzlies and not have a dog in the fight and just enjoy watching Luka versus Ja or, you know, uh, the Celtics versus the Heat or the Sixers or the Sixers and, you know, whoever. I, I, I can do that with, with, with basketball. Baseball, same thing. I can watch Sunday night baseball, Cubs, Cardinals, Dodgers, Giants, Red Sox, which I like the Red Sox, but and whoever. Uh, like I, I can watch baseball like that. NFL, same way. College football, same way. NHL, if it's not the Blackhawks, I really don't care. Have you ever been to a game up there? I have not. I've actually been – I've actually never even been to Chicago, dude. It's insane. One of the like, one of the most like electric sports arenas I've ever been inside. I think I told you that. Before. I get, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can imagine like the United Center is always rocking. Um, I I want to go up there for a weekend in the fall, like in really like December, where I could hit. All three, like Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks. Well, that is it for today's show. If you've been enjoying our episodes this season, please drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify. And if you would like to help support future episodes, please click the support link in the description of this episode, or you can check out our merch store at aroundthekeg.com for some cool ATK gear. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at aroundthekeg and on Twitter at aroundthekegpod. Send us any questions or topics you'd like us to discuss on the show, and we'll be happy to include as much as we can. Have a great week. See y'all.